Hi everybody, this is Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour, that hour of the day when magic happens, whenever it happens to be that you're listening to this podcast. I have a great guest for you today. I have Emma Catherine, the author of Witch Life, a practical guide to making everyday magical. If you like my magic and the way I do things, you are going to love this woman. But before I introduce Emma, where's Patty? I always got to watch this so I know where I am. Where I am, I am actually back in Los Angeles this week. Um, This weekend, I had to be home because it was somebody's first birthday party and blowout. Puppy Palooza. I am sure it was fabulous. I'll probably tell you about it next week. And I'm also just back from the UK, the Festival of the Unexplained. I love England. I love everything about it. They do drive on the wrong side of the road, and that's kind of scary on those little things. But I didn't drive. Um, but it was wonderful. Um, you guys check it out for next year, if so inclined. Festival of the Unexplained. But this week, I am in town. I am not traveling again April 2nd. I will be at the Winchester Mystery House with the Spirit Realm Network. And the next weekend, if you're anywhere near Wisconsin, I'm going to be at the Paranormal Convention. Just look up metaparapro.com. It's called the Janesville Metaphysical Paranormal Productions. Metapro.com. But this week, you can see me right here on our Zoom screen. So this week, Tuesday, I'm actually doing a Zoom seance. For anybody who wants to come to it, just check out universitymagicus.com. I promise you, these little Zoom squares are just like you're sitting around my dining room table. The connection is just as clear. Even we even get the same goosebumps and feelings and orbs. So if you're interested, very, 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 very affordable um, seance this Tuesday, the 22nd. And on Sunday, I am doing my always popular money magic class. Um, Money is just an energy form, you guys. Remember that. We make such a big deal out of it, not having enough money and need money. It's just energy, and there's lots of ways to make it easy and fast and create it by changing your perception about it, our thoughts. So that is Sunday. Again, check out universitymagicus.com. So see you on Zoom this week. Maybe see you in San Jose at the Winchester Mystery House. Maybe see you all the way in Wisconsin for the Janesville Paranormal Conference. Other than that, All right, it's time for the Willow Report. So on that note, let me go find the little now year old princess. Okay, hi everybody. It's time for the Willow Report. Yes, the obligatory first yawn because I woke her up off the couch. That's because she's an older girl now. She just turned one. Woo! So do we officially not a puppy anymore? I don't know. I think she'll be a puppy forever. So, um, well, even though we're taping this a few days before, she just had her first birthday, Puppy Palooza blowout party. And I'm sure it was fabulous. Cake for all the dogs, dog safe cake, of course. But I thought for the Willow report today, instead of just talking about Willow, we're going to talk about dogs and witchcraft. Guess what? Dogs have always been used in witchcraft. There's something special about animals. Almost all of us know that. Um, Cats, dogs, cats, witches, familiars. Dogs could be your familiars too. But what it is, is they have a special energy. Um, Especially, I'm going to just stay with dogs. We love cats. We just had to put my little kitty cat down, sad. 
Good old Larry the Lacerator is now across the Rainbow Bridge. We'll get a new kitty, but not until after Ireland. But back to Willow. Dogs have been used in magic. You could look up lots of deities and gods and goddesses that had their trusty dogs. And part of that is their energy. Canine energy is really protective. And we think about that, right? The family dog protection to protect them, whether it's this one barking at a door and she's going to get your ankles. Um, but they do have a heightened sensitivity. So in the craft, you could work with you with spells, with rituals, and have a different connection and sensitivity to spirit. And they always have. Um, one thing that gods and um, gods, yeah, see, dog spelled backward is God. God spelled backwards is dog. Coincidence? I don't think so. Um, anyway, they also have a positive energy about them. And another thing they do with this positive energy is they keep negativity away. They bring you joy. And think about it. We say words like dog is man's best friend and a dog brings you joy. And again, the non-pagan world, the non-witchcraft world, everybody knows that. That's why they use, you know, dogs go into hospitals with sick people and sick kids and give them joy. That's their magic, whatever title you want to give it. Um, they assist in spell working. So next time, if your dog is so inclined and you want to do some work and you want to keep extra protection energy around you for whatever reason and extra positive energy around you for whatever reason, let your dog sit with you. You will be amazed at the difference. They might start kissing your face on occasion, but... That's a good thing, too. Remember, uh, the saliva in your body is your free will. It's magic in itself. They will help you connect to higher powers. They have their own form of ESP because um, animals do. It just didn't get taught out of them like it gets taught out of people. So the friendship between dogs and humans has been for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. They are our best friends forever. So remember that. So whether you have your own little puppy report of whatever that is, Oh, Willow, would you not be so wiggly, wiggly, Willow, wiggly, Willow. <laughs> remember if you're a witch or want to be, or just a magical person who wants to make your life the way you want it, Include your little fur baby every once. What are you doing? What is the? I think she's playing dead. What is that? <laughs> I think we're going to go into clown school. That might be next. Which school? Clown school. Which school? Clown school. That's the Willow Port today. Remember, dogs are magic. Let's do some magic, shall we? Yeah. Okay, today's magic. I thought about this and I'm going, guess what it is? It's a holiday. It's Ostara. In the pagan world, um, I teach this stuff. We have a calendar of the year. There's eight major holidays. Four of them are on the equinoxes or solstices. You know, the longest day of the year, the shortest day of the year, the two even days of the year, which is what we have right now. It's the spring solstice or Ostara. And you, what is Ostara? It's the spring festival. Guess what? That's where the bunnies come from and the eggs come from and all those beautiful pastel colors that we look at as Easter and which is great because 
that's the Christian version of Ostara. They kind of borrowed into it so people would like their holiday as well. But it's all about celebrating new light and new life and spring. So I just thought, wow, we have eight of these a year. So my magic could be at each holiday once in a while. The days and nights are even right now, and it's really about the return of the light of the spring. It's time to get out and celebrate, plant something. I usually do ritual. I'm planting little seeds, little gardens, little this, and I want them to grow, and I'm putting really nice intent into them. It's a time to celebrate. In in the Ostara, it's celebrating the goddess Eostar, where the girl meets her consort, either the horn god or Pan, and it's fun and wildness and everything you like to do in spring. Um, it's, again, that's where the bunnies come from and the fertility stuff comes from. And so you could find things for your Ostara right at your local Walmart or Target because the world celebrates together, whatever you want to call it. It's also a really good time to do some spring cleaning. Yep. Um, both in literal, go through those closets maybe I am going to, I've actually put it on my calendar and you have no idea what a big deal that is for me. I'm clearing out my costume house, my playhouse. I'm clearing out some of my closets, long overdue. And it's so time for spring cleaning is magical as much as it is what we use the terminology. Remember in real life stuff, they use, terminology gets used all the time is the same because it's energy. Whether you call it, you're a pagan or you're a Wiccan or you're a Christian, it's time for spring cleaning. Um, and the other thing that we could spring clean actually is get rid of old patterns that aren't serving us, old ways of being, old limiting ways of being. So maybe do a little spring cleaning in your head. Like I come from a place of lack, but it's spring now. I'm going to just come from a place of abundance. Change your thought patterns, change your life. Remember that. Change your thought patterns. Change your life. So happy Easter coming. Happy Ostara, the solstice, day and night, or even the return of the sun. We're actually going on Imbolc, which happened in February of the pagan calendar. So um, next one up is going to be May Day, which is Beltane, which is a big one. That's the fairy day. But I'll do that in a few weeks at the beginning of May, because that's dancing around maypoles. Again, it's kind of frisky and fertility and fun stuff. Um, but the veil is really thin on May Day. That's because the fairy's holding it up versus the dead at Halloween. But I'm getting a holiday ahead of myself. Let's go back to Ostara. So decorate your house with beautiful colors, with, with eggs, with bunnies, with fresh flowers. Because we made it through the winter. It's time for spring. It's time for fresh new ideas. It's time for growing. Spring clean your closet. Spring clean your mind. Spring clean your attitude. Spring clean your actions. You'll be glad you did. That's it for magic this week. Remember, you're the magic. Magic really is everywhere, even in your crowded closet. And today, I'm so excited. We're going all the way across the pond to this beautiful, I'm so excited about her book. So let me tell you about today's guests, Emma Catherine, all the way from the UK. 
She's a staff writer at Witchway Magazine, the House of Twigs blog, Stone Root and Bone blog, the Spiral Nature blog, and Gods and Radicals. She's spoken at a number of UK pagan events, including Magical Women Conference in London, and she's been interviewed by the Witch Daily Show podcast. You can find her at emmacatherinewildwitchcraft.com. We are just meeting right now, and I've just got her book, and it's this beautiful book called Witch Life, A Practical Guide to Making everyday magical and i must say and i just told her this this is almost like like my book it's purple that's no that's not it's about this simple how to do it and put it into your life so welcome thank you so much emma thank you for coming on thank you for having me i'm so excited to be on and chat to you all so tell us a little bit about you your path how you got here um (laughs) you're into the craft how this became Mm -hmm. your life well, you know, growing up in the UK, I, I grew up in Nottinghamshire. So that's like, you know, Nottingham is in Robin Hood and the Sheriff of Nottingham, you know, that place. Um, so I live around 20 minutes outside of the city in quite a rural town. Um, and so, you know, my parents weren't religious. And so we've always had quite a an open upbringing with a lot of um, freedom, I suppose. My parents were working class so they were always at work so the summer holidays we were always left with my older sister you know and left to Rome. and so we've always had that open kind of um I don't know that space to grow you know yeah. and so then when I was a teenager and I was like exploring I told my mum I was into this and she got me a book and that's where it all began really. Yeah, that's beautiful <laughs> um so tell us a little bit obviously you're well known where written and all these beautiful things so what is the idea behind this book again this is make me so happy (laughs) so what 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 inspired this well I think you know that sometimes um one of the things that has really been impactful for my own journey and my own path was having the time to do stuff so you know and I think lots of people are in the same boat whatever age you're at um, and whatever point you're at in your journey as well so for me, um, having children, going to work, going to school at the same time, you know, and then still trying to make time for something that was meaningful to me. I found myself kind of going through, you know, ups and downs. So sometimes I'd be going for ages without doing stuff and then feeling really. Um, and a lot of the time, the only thing that was really stopping me, I suppose, was knowing what to do. Because, I don't know, sometimes you get it in your head that everything has to be this big gesture, this massive thing. And it doesn't. Um, So really, I wanted to show that witchcraft can be accessible and it can be something that you can, you know, um, embed into your everyday life, you know? That's beautiful. Yeah, I'm I'm just looking at it. You're going through the, start out with the basics, your altar, Mm -hmm. casting or not to casting, you know, going into meditation and trance work, and then you go into the Sabbath, because we need to know about the Sabbath, moon magic. Again, our chapters are so similar, but different. Um, yeah. Elemental magic, uh, t- tarot, casting, dowsing. Uh, so what are some of your hints without going through all, because I could just sit here and read your beautiful chapter. <laughs> what are some things that people, okay, so if somebody's listening to the show, maybe they're uh-huh. new to the craft, maybe they're not new to the craft, but like all of us, it's like, I don't have time for this or for that. And they forget, they do their day-to-day yeah. life and they're just going about their day-to-day job and they forget how to put their practice. What are some of your best tips? or tricks or ideas to to really do it in your day you know um 
you say you mentioned the part about like the sabbaths and the the moon rituals and sometimes you know when you're so busy you think you know things are coming up and you think I'm going to remember this and I'm going to plan this big thing and then somehow <laughs> the yeah. day slips past you and you know you know is it the day after you think oh you know oh no yesterday it was such and such oh no never mind and then you don't end up doing anything and I think for me the Sabbaths in particular are not necessarily I mean I know some of them mark specific astronomical events but actually if you look at them in terms of the season they mark like the ebb and flow and it doesn't matter if you're a day late to do yeah. something still do it do it the next day do it when you can it doesn't matter um you know and at the very least, you get experience, you get a practice run of a ritual, you think, oh, I didn't like this. You know, there's always things to learn from stuff. So don't worry if you miss the day. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of, I know. agree, because it is a whole season. If you start looking yeah. at the wheel of the year, it's like we're going to the dark time, we're going to the bright time. It's spring, it's fall. If uh -huh. you don't hit that exact day, I even say the same with moon magic. It's like, yeah, the people <laughs> on the full moon, I miss the full moon by one day. You missed it by one day. You think that I count it as three away? days, you know, and then there's all of this. Um, I always um, like a little bit of hermeticism. And there's one of those um, sayings, you know, that really always stuck with me. And I think it applies to a lot of stuff. And the example was temperature and it was the principle of polarity. So where does one thing end and the other thing begin? So if you take temperature, where does it stop being warm and begin to be cold or... Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of yeah. the same with the the seasons and the the, the moon cycle as well. You know, um, it's an ebb and flow. It doesn't just abruptly end and that's it. So yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that about temperature because I went I went right to temperature. It's like uh -huh. it's warm at eighty degrees. That doesn't mean seventy nine degrees is cold, right? It's just yeah, almost warm. <laughs> at home we have temperature wars. My husband likes it cold, and I like it hot. And we same. I'm exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's funny that way. Um, so, okay. So anyway, so as you were saying, I think I totally interrupted you. So as we don't have a lot of time and we see we missed something. So your first thing is don't worry on the exact day. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it doesn't serve any purpose. So no. do your thing anyway. But there's lots of other little things that you can do on the daily. Um, and I think one of the things I love about witchcraft is that it is so varied you know there's it does it's not just one thing it can your practice can be anything you want it to be and it can incorporate lots of different things so I adore plants like my partner is always telling me no more plants but I always love plants but um and so working with plants whether that's growing them using them um in magic in healing for me that's a, a large part of spirit work as well so you know just to expand on what you might include in your witchcraft practice because there's a lot of things that you already do that probably fall under that banner but maybe you don't realize that um so oh it's always good to look at your craft and your practice with kind of a new set of eyes so you can see maybe what things are working and what things are maybe need tweaking a little bit maybe right so if you're gardening make that part of your magical practice yes if you're yeah. gonna anyway and <laughs> yeah and I think if you yeah gardening is a really good example because I think if you're working with the earth anyway in the cycles of the seasons for me that's already spiritual yeah. and animism is is a big part of my own personal practice and that all falls under that 
um, banner, I suppose, working with the land, you get to know the nature that, you know, and you really get in tune with the land. And I suppose if you think about it, it probably is a magical feeling. Sometimes we talk ourselves out of those magical feelings because we kind of maybe feel a bit silly, but, you know, that that instinct you feel right inside. I think that is kind of you know the essence of it, really. Um, so, yeah, I agree wheelheartedly. I try to do that from waking up. What does what a moon mm-hmm. cycle just put incorporate that into my day? Do you incorporate yeah. anything into your your life, like in your your practices, like simple practices or daily or with your food? Yeah, or like absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I always bang on a lot about having my morning coffee outside in the garden every morning, whether it's summer, winter, raining, snowing, it doesn't matter. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, <laughs> sometimes it's quite enjoyable, um, but it's a really simple thing. Um, and because I wake up quite early anyway, but you can do it whatever time you wake up. Um, you, After a few you know, weeks, months, even years, you begin to really see your landscape with new eyes no matter where you live you might live in the city you might live in the countryside it doesn't matter you and it's those rhythms of life and um like I say animism and spirit work is a a large part of my witchcraft practice so for me um it's about building that relationship um with those places Okay, so anim- so animism for my people who are going to go, what is animism? It's it's basically spirit is everywhere, right? God, yeah. God is in everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, pe- and when I first kind of heard of it, I thought, yes, this thing that I felt for a long time, it has a name. And, you know, some people see it as the divine in everything. Some people see it as the natural world being imbued with spirit, you know, um, seeing as ourselves as part of that natural world and connected to it as well um so yeah it's it can be quite it can add a, a depth to your practice you know yes uh, and, and again i think so needed now because again we have to pay attention to this the planet we're on and everything within it it can't all be up here whatever the heavens and spirit is people want to lead us to that's what yeah. our craft is it, it gives you responsibility it gives you an understanding and even help along the way tapping yeah, into that absolutely <laughs> um so what are some of your um if you had like three of your best okay incorporate this into your life and you will feel more into your practice or you will grow your practice okay the first one and the biggest one is um and sometimes the hardest it's just kind of sitting in silence Mm. um you know because we are so often used to being busy all the time especially in our western industrialized lifestyles where you know um we have so many things at our disposal but the, the downside of that is that you know we are constantly taken away from the things that we like to do um we constantly you know we work hard to achieve those things and it takes a toll so um sitting quietly can often be the hardest thing to do because of time and it feels so weird just to sit and it feels like you're doing nothing you know um but it's important because first of all it just allows you that space to just be um in yourself without any expectation 
you know, we all wear so many masks in our day-to-day lives, whether that's the mask of parent, worker, colleague, sister, daughter, you know, to, to those people, we are, we're ourselves, but we're slightly different versions of ourselves. It's like we, we change masks, you know, and to, to suit that. Um, and so sometimes just taking that time to sit, we can just be ourselves quietly, just with no pressure or no responsibility to anybody else, just to be ourselves. Um, and I think that just gives you the headspace to kind of um, then begin to look at things. So I think that's really important. And then from there, you know, it allows you that time, you, you start getting used to taking that time to do things for yourself, to spend that time on your witchcraft practices, if you feel you need to, you know, if it's important enough for you to want to do that. And for most of us, it is, you know. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing, I, I think, just just go for it, you know. It can be quite a self-conscious thing. Um, and I think especially when you start out, because you know that to most people in your everyday life, it is going to sound, um, I don't know, <laughs> off the wall to say the least. Crazy, yeah. You know? <laughs> because for most people, their perceptions of what witchcraft is, is very much, you know, Hollywood and um, literature, media, it's very sensationalised and we all know not what it no. is. Um, and so, um, so sometimes you can feel like you don't want to... Sh- because it's such an important part of ourselves, isn't it? You know, it's hard to explain to people who, who don't get it or who might not understand what it is. Um, and it, it can leave you quite feeling vulnerable when you kind of maybe wanting to tell people, but you're perhaps scared of how they're going to react or, you know, you don't want your friends to laugh at you or, or worse, depending on where you live in the world, because we know that, it you know, people still suffer for witchcraft. Um, so, you know, there, there's different factors. But if, if it's safe for you to do, I think embrace it wholeheartedly. Most people are, uh, are open-minded. And once you kind of explain it, they're really rather quite interested. Um, so, and I just think back on my own experiences, all those times when you just think, oh, I wish I'd have really gone for it then. But it's all a learning curve. But I think just go for it. Embrace it if, if you can. Um, Great advice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And if, if, if somebody, you know, you lose a friend or two and believe me, I have yeah for their belief systems and all of a sudden I'm evil. It's like, I'm the same person that you've been friends with for the last mm-hmm. 20 years. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's, it's sad when it happens, but sometimes it has to happen if you want to be, you know, your most genuine self. Um, and you should be able to be your most genuine self. Yes. Well. And and how good of friends were they? Maybe it's okay. Maybe it's just yeah. time to move on. You don't have to hate them. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. But... Sometimes, you know, our paths just part ways and that's okay. Yeah, that is okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, I'm going to make you come up with one more thing. Okay. okay so go for it. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> um, just do the thing, you know, do it, just do it. So I think for me, having a daily practice is important now a lot of people kind of you know um might say oh that's a bit you know not everyone can do it every day but you know you can define what your practice is it can be you know if you meditate every day then that is a practice because you're doing it every day it might not be for long it might be five minutes every day but it's a practice because you're doing it every day um so 
do do the things, try the things, experiment. Not everything has to be, you know, when we do do spells and I think, think we kind of get a bit romantic about it and we want to do it all nice and all, you know, all flowery and all witchy and perfect. But sometimes you have to experiment. Sometimes those things go wrong. Um, and, you know, when they happen, it's good. Don't be afraid of those things because it's all a learning curve. Um, and so in my book, for example, I, I encourage people to try the spell and then adapt it because you might not have the same things accessible to you that I have. You might have something different. And witchcraft has always been accessible. So, you know, experimentation is vital. It's OK. It'll be messy, but it's yeah. meant to be. <laughs> Life is messy. And if yes. <laughs> um, beautiful, beautiful. Um, so how, again, incorporating it's very much our practice seems to be about balance and connecting into all that we're doing. Um, how do you think we, whether we're, you know, witches or just regular people are adjusting to everything going on right now? Is there extra things you think we should do? Again, we've been in a worldwide pandemic for two years. People have been fear-based. Now there's, you know, yeah, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? And it's one of those things where I think, the state of the world and the things that go on all over the world. I think people are, we have like 24 hour news, don't we now, at our fingertips. If it's not on the TV, it's on Twitter, it's on social media. Those places where you might go to to escape it, it's there, it's everywhere. Whether it's COVID, what's going on in other parts of the world, you know. Um, and it's one of those things where you're bombarded 24-7 It's and it's almost insidious. And... Whereas before, when you know, we might not have had access to the news for that, you know, for yeah. the 24 hour period. So it wasn't constant. So you might have heard it. And then and you feel selfish for kind of thinking, well, you know, I'm so bogged down with all this worry. Um, but actually, it's important. So, for an example, my day job is um, I work with autistic children. Oh. Um, I teach autistic children and. One of them, when all of this was going on in the news, and I think it applies to all children, actually. We often ignore them um, when it comes to these more serious matters because we don't want to worry them more. But they have the same access to the stuff we have access to, and they're seeing everything in the same way that we're seeing it as well. So this particular kid was talking about it all, and, and you find yourself thinking, well, actually, it is important that we discuss these things honestly, but also that we take a break from that constant worry and stress because we start to feel guilty because there's so much wrong with the world. We can't, pos we as personal individuals, we want to help everyone, but we're in their, you know, I'm in their position to help many people as much as I would like to do. And the vast majority of us are the same. We're all probably trying to struggle to keep our own, you know, lives steady. And so I think it's important that self-care is a part of that. And um, we sometimes think, oh, well, I'm worried about this and, having this self-care and I'm not going through what other people are going through but that's a useless game of comparison because you know it doesn't help or serve anyone um, so self-care is important yes very much so right now because if if we're out of balance everything else that's what it's it's pulling in self-care taking care of yourself protection whatever that means to you yeah. whatever techniques you use um, I love that you work with autistic children now does does your belief system does your work as a witch color that somehow again the knowledge that you have the knowledge that just from what we, who we I, are 
I think so. I think it has a lot to do with empathy because, uh, you know, for a lot of children anyway, when you're going through, you know, childhood at different stages, but particularly for kids with autism who have different... So autism is one of those things where um, it might be one thing in the environment that is the tr the stressor. It might be lots of different things, you know, and it's sometimes the way our society is set up and the, the way our lives are led, sometimes children with autism can struggle to kind of deal with that. Um, and so we, we try and enable the kids to have different strategies and all of that kind of thing. But I think for me, the most important thing is empathy because to have someone understand what it feels like to be othered, um, they don't necessarily know what it is I do in any great depth. Um, but you know, to, to just to have that empathy and to have that ear. And I think being, having that is important in, in the work. And I think that directly comes from my witchcraft practice, personally. That's, that's beautiful. And I'm, I'm sure it does. <laughs> just again, the awareness, the consciousness that we strive for, therefore get, it, it's a whole different. Yeah, thing. yeah. And um, you know, it's the whole, as above, so below. I know it's a cliche almost in the witchcraft world, but you know, if I feel like I'm controlling the classroom environment and I'm calm and I'm creating that safe space for the kids and they're going to respond to that. And you know, it's all of those kind of things, which we do in, in magic when we're doing spell work and ritual. That's a, what a lot of the, the showy stuff is for, isn't it? It's setting the yep. scene and, set, you know, um, and it's the same kind of concept. That's beautiful. Um, and speaking of rituals and things, as I know, because, again, you have this section on the Sabbaths and the Wheel of Year coming up. We have coming up. Um, Ostara is coming up right about yeah. soon as soon as this thing. So what are some of your ideas and thoughts what you do for that holiday? Uh, Ostara is one of those things that is fun, isn't it? Whether it's because in the UK, and I don't know if it's the same in other parts of the world either, um, but where I live, like I say, most people who class themselves as Christians, who I know, go to church maybe when it's a wedding, funeral, Christmas, Easter. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it's very much community based. So there's lots of different things. So they, they might be led by the church, they're for the whole community. Um, and so one of the favourite things I like about many of the Sabbaths, but I don't know, for some reason it seems highlighted in a star, is that um, community aspect. Anyone can take part, you know, it brings communities together. Um, and I think Astara does that, especially in a way, you know, Easter egg hunts and, and that kind of thing. And yeah. it's really fun. It's just fun. <laughs> and spring is coming. So um, everyone just feels better at Astara. <laughs> I do. I agree with that. And I know some people are like, oh, the Christians took all our holidays. And, you know, they what does bunnies have to do with Jesus and eggs? And for, if that's the pagan. But it's like it does. It can bring us together. It doesn't have to be. Yay. So, yay. We can yeah. together and go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> and like I say, we spend a lot of time in at school teaching the kids about tolerance and acceptance and seeing the similarities and, and finding those bonds to build community. And it's the same kind of thing. And especially when you look at the world, you think this is what we need more. We need more solidarity, more mutual aid, more community based, you know, coming together. Yeah, I th I think that was, the, you know, respect and that are the two biggest thing because we're so and I think it's a human trait, this or that. It's like sports yes. team, this or that. Politics, it's this or that. Black, yeah, or black. and it seeps into almost it seeps into everything, doesn't it? Yeah. 
So what if, why don't we just stay where, where we, where we agree? What if we start with that one little place we agree and, and then go from there? But yeah, and even in witchcraft, there's many different beliefs, you know, it's not a, a unified. And so I think it's, we can say your beliefs are important to you and I accept and respect that. And yeah. we expect the same for ourselves. So it's exactly. all good. <laughs> many truths, many truths out there. Yes. Um, and another part of our being a witch, practicing the craft is divination and things. So I know you actually even put in a chapter about uh, divination, casting things, tarot, automatic writing, and dowsing. Yeah. Now, what are some of your ideas or thoughts for people? Okay, again, maybe they're new into this. Going, mm -hmm. oh, I don't know that yeah. I know that stuff. Well, divination can be fun. <laughs> okay, so, you know, learning the tarot is one of those things that I think as witches when you go through it, and we, I think everyone's done it where you get the, the deck and you get your book and you try and learn it by row and it's so disheartening. And I think when a lot of people say they don't like the tarot, I think it's because that method of learning has put them off. Yep. Um, I think there's many different ways you can learn the tarot so that it's meaningful to you and it's worth exploring those. And I always think it's important to remember that the tarot in particular doesn't just have to be a tool of divination. It can be. I, I love giving tarot readings. I love getting tarot readings. That's, it can be fun. Um, but there's many ways you can use tarot cards. And um, I like to use them for altar work, for example, if I'm going through a hard time or there's some quality I want to embody, whether that's strength or, you know, calm or to just be balanced. You can you can take the particular card that you feel drawn to and you can meditate on it on your altar. You can have it somewhere where you can see, you can spend time there. So there's lots of different ways of using the tarot. So the tools of divination are very varied. Um, and I think that's one of the things I like about it. But it's just fun. It's so fun. <laughs> it is. It is. And again, it's insight into yourself, into anybody you are reading. Yeah, I just saw for the first time I was at, we just had a big gathering thing last week and there we had vendors and there was a person who had they created this it's like a little wooden thing for one tarot card and I'm like what is that for and exactly what you said there's your card of the day you need the strength you need the whatever that is and it was just, yeah. it made a little almost like a little altar just the holding of the one card and it was adorable and like oh my god yes I could see that right today whatever and you put it right there yeah yeah and you know and I think there's so many ways you can use divination. One of the things I like to encourage people to do is to kind of explore. And um, I like particularly throwing lots and particularly because you can collect little things that you can throw and you can assign meaning to everyday items. So in my little um, lot throwing kit, I have a dice, which I might use to represent luck or fortune. Um, you know, I have um, a, a chicken foot, which uh, which came from food. Um, I'm personally vegetarian, but my family eat meat, and it came. From food. But anyway, um, so and that represents travel. Um, there's lots of things you can use. Um, you can use a shell to represent emotions. You know, water and so there's lots of different things that you can collect and use, and you you can apply whatever associations to them you want, and and just explore and have fun with divination. Yeah, I agree with that. I, that's one of my favorites too. And I don't <laughs> really use it lately. I should. It's like almost you can go in your little junk drawer and find yes. oh, heart. Oh, that's love. Oh, here's this little whatever, whatever. And I love that because no, 
Yeah, normally there's little like memories attached to those things as well, which I think add potency. I love I, that. I yeah, I do too. That thank you for that inspiration because I got to go see where all my little I have a little shell of things that I put those little. Things yeah, in. you know, like lost earrings and where you've just got one left and. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and I've got a hundred of those. So if anybody's going, what is that? That means basically it used to be called throwing bones, or in his bones you would lay them out and th where they land together. Oh, like if the the shell is on top of the heart, is on top of the key, is on top of the coin, is yeah. on, what, basically, and that yeah, you learn to read it. Yeah, and it's so much fun, <laughs> and it's fun to do as a group as well. You know, with a group of friends, bottle of wine or whatever you know, tuple you like to have. Um, it's just fun. So. Yeah. And it's a good way to develop that intuition coming the same way as you said with tarot. And yes, I think everybody starts out with tarot. Here's the book. I will never memorize all that. Yeah. So I'm like, Look at the book for a while, then why don't we throw away the book and see what just the, you know. Yes. Yes. One of my favorite exercises I like to give people to do, and it takes a long time because you have to go through the major arcana and then through the minor arcana. So it takes a long time. And I say, choose one or two cards a day. And you kind of spend a couple of minutes just really looking at the card and you're looking at everything. So the color the images you're kind of thinking about what those things inspire in you and the could you find the colors cold and what do you think about that and you know and you just try to see what you can notice and what that feels and what you think about the card and then I get them to compare that to what's written in the book and quite often there's a lot of similarity because of course we know that's what the tarot does it, it kind of draws on those symbols that you know yeah the energy is coming up which yeah is the picture and the color and the intent put into all of it so that's yeah. helping you develop your gift exactly and it's a good way of getting rid of that imposter syndrome that i think we all have when we're learning particularly divination and especially when you start reading for or, or divining for other people because there's that awful moment when you start talking and you're looking at the person's face and you can't read it and you're thinking oh no am I just talking rubbish yeah I have to I used to have to fight the constant urge to go is it is that right tell me tell me yeah, is that okay right. how's yeah. that how's that does, does that know? make sense to you I yeah that makes sense it doesn't to me but no <laughs> yeah and you know luckily people say yes yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but it's hard to not do that that imposter syndrome yeah so practicing oh, well, is I a didn't good even way. know that term the imposter syndrome that's good because I always say you get too left brain you overthink it you have this beautiful right intuitive coming right from spirit coming right from your higher answer and then you go bah, 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 bah. yeah I just think it's another one of those things that's a human thing you know because um it can happen in anything where you get somewhere, you achieve something that you've really wanted to achieve and then you feel like you don't deserve it or, yeah. you know, and of course it's only that, that beginning nervousness and you, where you're still finding your feet, but it can right. be hard to overcome. Right. And just get past it. Embrace the fear. Embrace yeah. The fear. <laughs> <laughs> you know, otherwise fear freezes you in your tracks. Or yeah. here's a million dollar industry. Think of it like you're going to go see a scary movie or ride a roller coaster. That's what I'm just so big on lately because our action, that kind of fear inspires you. And I'm so scared I'm going to do it. You know, embrace yeah. the other kind of fear that way. That, oh, I'm so scared. Yeah. yeah, you know, I used to um, box and kickbox in my younger days, and I used to like to compete in the ring. And people always used to say, oh, how can you do it? 
Um, but actually, the worst thing was going sparring at my at my club, you know, because there were people there who were really, really good, and you have to spar against really, really good people. And it is like it's that fear, and you have to overcome that fear. And actually, when you're in there and you, you realise you can hold your own, and it's the same in life in many different situations and in witchcraft as well. Once you do it and you start realising that actually, yes, I can do it. I am doing it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Right now, I'm doing it. Yes. That's a yeah. powerful feeling that we should all embrace in our witchcraft practice. I love that. Well, every I I have so many questions, but <laughs> clock. So let so people, I want them to get your book. Tell people where they can find you, what you have going on, your social media, where they can get your beautiful book. Oh, it is lovely, isn't it? I love it the is. It's so pretty. <laughs> so they can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Emma Catherine Wild Witchcraft. Um, on all of those, I'm sure you'll soon find me. You can find the book at Llewellyn and at all um, uh, reputable. <laughs> or irreputable. <laughs> or, yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I also write for Gods and Radicals and about various articles on the web, most of which I share on my social media. So you can find them all there. Okay, so everybody, please check out Emma Catherine, Witch Life, A Practical Guide to Making Everyday Magical. So thank you so much, Emma, for coming on. This is beautiful. I'm so excited to actually finish reading your book. <laughs> um, and I hope to come and see you soon. I'm actually crossing the pond. Uh, in I the next know. So, wow. I know. We'll have to see if we can catch up, maybe. It'd be so good. I would I love meeting people in real life. It's fab. Me um, too. It was <laughs> fabulous as well. So thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for visiting the Witching Hour. <laughs> <laughs>